0: You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles.
1: You know, one of my mentors says, you know, what's in the way is the way. What's in the way is the way. And I love that because a lot of times we're trying to get around things. We're trying to avoid things, we're trying to control, we're trying to protect. And that's keeping us, that's really keeping us wounded. It's really keeping us stuck in a loop.
0: My guest today is named Jesse Harless. He is the author of If Not You, Then Who? He is also the CEO of Entrepreneurs in Recovery, and he has an MA in clinical mental health counseling from River University. Welcome to the show, Jesse.
1: Hi, uh, my name is Jesse Harless, and I am the author of a new book that recently launched called If Not You, Then Who? Harness uh, Your Strengths to Overcome... to shift from addiction to abundance. And I'm really excited to be here with you. So thank you so much.
0: So glad to have you on the show today. I'd love to dive in and and get a little bit of the backstory before we started recording. You had mentioned that you've been in recovery since 2005 and I'd love to hear some of that journey and and maybe the events that led up to you finding recovery and and what ultimately led to to that decision. Because I know for a lot of us, it's not an easy thing for us to, to start that journey. And, and like for, for me, for example, mine was kind of a nudge from the judge kind of situation is what got the ball rolling as far as that goes. So I'd love to hear more about your story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the nudge from the judge, mine was the same. Um, yeah. So, you know, just a little bit of the backstory, a little bit is just, you know, just in my life, there was, um, you know, trauma was in my life. Uh, I had a parent who left at a young age, he was a, my dad was an alcoholic, and he was addicted to cocaine. And he, you know, he had a problem. And he uh, left at four left the family. And unfortunately, he was in a car accident and left him brain damaged. And he um, was out of my life after that point, for the most part. And so didn't see him again. And then, um, you know, Um, life went on. I, I definitely, my, my behaviors changed even at four years old. And, uh, and eventually I just found other ways to get outside of myself. You know, I say my first drug was fantasy, you know, meaning my first drug at 11 and 12 was high speed, you know, uh, games, high speed gaming and, and, and internet pornography, and that was the way I escaped. And that went right into middle school and high school. You know, I didn't really party hard in high school. It was more of like a lot of isolation, depression, anxiety hiding this drug, which was the first one was fantasy, you know, and I experimented, but there was nothing crazy. And then when I got to college, is when kind of the beast came out, I, I, you know, it was like, okay, you know, alcohol and getting high and flunking out of school. And, you know, and then eventually just my father passed away. And even though we never we didn't have a relationship for some reason, that was a a, a time where I had this, you know, moment where I just said effort I don't care anymore. And and you know that night he died. I actually used cocaine for the first time, and and that was it. I fell in love, and I chased it from 20 to 22. And the reason it was only that short period of time, and I did a lot of other things, of course, but uh, that short period of time is because I got arrested. <laughs> Very serious arrest that happened when I was 22. Federal agents, um, you know. So it was, um, yeah. I got addicted to opioids and you know oxycontin and and so. Um, I was ordering it myself through the internet and got caught facing seven years in federal prison. And that's where, like you, the nudge from the judge got the paper signed. But the beautiful part of what happened there was um, the court actually, I had a court-appointed lawyer and I also had a court-appointed drug and alcohol counselor, which is what really started to change my life because now I had this therapist who specialized in drugs and alcohol and I could share my my trauma, I could share anything. And, and that was the first time where I actually felt safe, I felt safe. And eventually, I would find uh, meetings, I would find you know, it was a court ordered. So I had to get the paper signed. So I was going to meetings. And I found a fellowship there and, you know, embraced that. Um, but I was also doing I had a mentor that I was meeting with weekly. Um, so I had this counselor, I was meeting with weekly I had a mentor, I was meeting with weekly. I was starting to go to these meetings, I got my full time job back. Um, all these things started happening. Um, even though I had this big impending court date over my head, if I was gonna to go to prison or not, I just did the next right thing every single day. That's why I told myself, do the next right thing, do the next right thing, do the next right thing. And that's what I tell guys today or women, I say, hey, wherever you're at, because a lot of people I meet today who are living at sober living homes and stuff, they're facing charges. Like, you know, some of them are not, but many of them are. And so I'm like, just do the next right thing ask your heart, what's that next right thing? You know what it is. If you are in recovery, you're sober right now, just ask yourself, what's the next right thing to do? Your heart's going to tell you. And so I've seen a lot of miracles happen in the last 15 years of recovery uh, with other people. So, you know, that was it. 22 started the journey. And then from there, a lot of the other things happened. So I'll kind of leave it there.
0: I related to a lot of, of what you shared and I've, I've had similar experiences. You know, my I feel like my journey kind of started out the same way with the video games and the porn at a young age, and then not really, not really getting too heavy into like the drugs and the partying until college age, and then like you, I also uh, was asked to leave school to put it politely. Uh, so I can I can relate to it uh, to several of the elements of your story, man. And I'm I'm looking here at the the new book that you were talking about. If not you, then who? And I'd love to hear more about that. Just the the title and and, and some of the things that just the little brief uh, summary that it, that, uh, that came up here, it looks like a, a fantastic book, man. And I'm, I would love to hear more about it.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, so the new book is, is was inside of me for, you know, for 10 years, you know, when I, i I found recovery in 2005 and, You know when you're in these halls and you're sharing your story hundreds of times you start to hear things that you say out loud that you'd never even said before that that are like revealing this this story that is your story because stories matter stories can heal stories can build up and they can really serve and they can serve yourself they can help others so as i was telling the story over and over again, people would come up to me, you know, two years in, three years in and say, hey, man, I, I wish you would write a book, you know, because I would kind of briefly mention the craziness with getting caught for the prescription opioids online. Like I started to talk about that story a little bit, talk about the mentor, talk about the journaling, talk about the new habits I was doing. And they were like, I wish you'd write a book so I can hear it because I, I haven't heard about these practices that you're doing with many other people, like in recovery, so i wish. So the seed was planted ten years ago, and I and I said to myself, someday I'm going to write a book. Someday I'm going to write a book, and so, you know, what ended up happening is, and um, 2018 is when this book, if not you, then who, started to formulate. I didn't have the title, but I had the concept of the recovery toolkit that I wanted to share with the world, meaning all the tools that I've learned. So just like if you go to meetings or you go to outside meetings and you see a therapist or you're, you're reading personal development books or whatever you're doing, you take what you need to leave the rest. You know, you don't, you don't come into a program and say, oh, this is everything. This is the end all be all. I mean, some people do that, but there's a lot out there. Recovery is very holistic. There's so many beautiful pathways to it. So I just went to different places and, and found a holistic variety of recovery, personal growth and development and entrepreneurship. And I just, I said, there's something I can put together for others to learn that I've been teaching. And that started in 2018. And then finally, in 2020, (laughs) with the COVID situation, I actually started writing it, just like you started this podcast, or had the idea right before COVID. I also had the book, like I was committed, like, all right, I'm going to start it. And it was in January of 2020. I'm like, I'm going to start this book. And then COVID hit, and there was no excuses. And I wrote for 10 months straight. And I hired someone to keep me accountable to do my writing, check in with me every two weeks. And I got it done, man. I just wrote my story. So the book is, is like a hybrid. It starts with an intro of my opinion of the state of the uh, of recovery in the world. And then it goes into my, like a recovery memoir about my story with the detail of their arrests and some painful moments that even my family didn't know about. And then it goes into a, a solution. It goes into a recovery toolkit. And I mentioned all of the solutions I use, including recovery meetings, including journaling, including forgiveness, including self-care, including being resilient, including cold showers, all of it in this toolkit. And uh, there's 30 action steps. So this was kind of like a long time coming. And 2020 was the perfect time to write.
0: It's interesting how, uh, how 2020 kind of I don't know. It was almost like an opportunity for us to uh, really prioritize a lot of the things in our life and figure out what was important and what wasn't. And, you know, we, we had that opportunity to, to have a little bit more free time to uh, explore some of those passions or some of those things that we were interested in. And, you know, I, I, I try to look at it from that positive, uh, that positive outlook and, and, you know, really take advantage of that time that we had. And I think it was beneficial in some ways. I mean, obviously, obviously in general, I I wouldn't say that 2020 was beneficial for anyone, but, you know, just trying to look at, at the positive side of that. Um, I'd love to hear more about some of those tools that you mentioned in the book. Um, I love, I love how you laid that out with, with the memoir, and then, you know, kind of the hope shot at the end, giving people that that uh, encouragement and, and some tools that they can use. I think that that's a great, a great way to, to structure that.
1: Yeah, thanks. So, I, you know, the toolkit is called fears and I called it fears intentionally. So in chapter four in the book, it says go from fear to fears, fear to fears. A lot of people living in fear right now. It's part of this mental health breakdown. It's part of addiction. A lot of stuff is happening in people's worlds right now. So I like to look at fear as it can, it can be a, it could be a thing to help you and it can save your life, but it can also hurt you. It can also be something that becomes very mental. You know, I've heard said before, 90% of the things we worry about never happen. So to think about fear as also a compass. And one of my, you know, one of my mentors says, you know, what's in the way is the way. What's in the way is the way. And I love that because a lot of times we're trying to get around things, we're trying to avoid things, we're trying to control, we're trying to protect. And that's keeping us, that's really keeping us wounded. It's really keeping us stuck in a loop. And so sometimes chasing towards those fears, feeling the feelings, feeling the pain. Addiction is about pain. So feeling the pain, going through that, but, but with someone else, I'm not saying to do this alone, but some of it you do have to do alone. And that's why I wrote a book to help you to do this alone. But also, you know, if you have a mentor, a sponsor, or someone in your life, a close friend, a spiritual advisor, you know, share the journey with them as you go through this process, or you can reach out to me and we have a group, you know, but the reality is the fears process is this, focus, elevate, appreciate, resilience, self-care. So I believe in inside of those five, let's call them practices, habits, um inside of those five words is is the essence of what has kept me in recovery period so focus means focus on your recovery build your recovery team have a recovery tribe surround yourself with people who are who has your back no matter what they're not a threat to your recovery so build a recovery team and then focus on your purpose i really believe one of the biggest deficits we have for people who struggle with drugs and alcohol and any addiction, gambling, sex, power, greed, unhappiness, is this idea of purpose. So focusing on your purpose. And in the book, I give a process I learned from another mentor, Jack Canfield, about how do you create a purpose statement? To understand a little bit more about what my purpose is. And it's very simple. When I did it years ago, it really helped me. So I share that in the book. So focus on your recovery. The second is elevate your recovery. What does that mean? Elevate, right? Elevate, read five pages from a book every day, watch an instructional YouTube video that may help your life. Watch a documentary, you know, elevate your recovery is about, you know, visualizing the future. Where do I want to be in 90 days? Where do I want to be in one year? Where do I want to be in in three years, a lot of times we're taught, stay in the present, stay in the present, stay in the present. Well, of course you want to live in the present moment to have peace and ease, but you also want to be thinking about the future self. Where am I going? Where am I going? Cause that provides hope. And we don't, a lot of us are, are plagued with depression and anxiety. So it's, we need some hope for the future. So I, I put some, a guided visualization in the book about what I've used and then elevating is about, you know, having this, um, uh, this, these mentors, you know, find mentors, who are your three to five mentors. By the end of your life, you might have 50 mentors. So you might already have mentors in your life, but who are those mentors? Who are you learning from? Who are you getting close to? And, you know, are they filling your cup? So, so having mentors, and then I'm just going to do this high level. Uh, so elevate and then, um, appreciate your recovery is about gratitude. Literally write down with a pen or a pencil, what are you grateful for? What do you love and appreciate about yourself? Like literally write that out. Don't think about it in your head. You know, when you come into a program and they say, hey, write a four step, you don't do it in your head. You don't do it on a cell phone, you write it down. So do the same thing for your own life. And um, to go back to focusing on your recovery, write it down. Like when I say focus on your recovery, like literally get a to-do list or a planner, write it down write down, okay, today I'm going to go ahead and make sure that I, I, um, uh, maybe your recovery is about meditation or yoga, or maybe it's speaking to a spiritual advisor or a therapist or go into a meeting, like write it down. <laughs> and if you're like, no, no, I'm, I, I'm not part of that generation. i don't like to write it down. All right, fine. Then have a daily cal- calendar in your phone, but some things you need to write down because it it's there's science behind writing, right? That's therapeutic. And, it, and and I believe that the brain actually has uh, stronger memory connections when you do that. So Okay, so I appreciate your recovery, you know, gratitude, it's also about forgiveness. I put a forgiveness practice in there because a lot of us are just full of shame. There's already enough stigma to take us out. But when we have, where it's fueled by our own guilt and shame, it's much worse. So, you know, at some point we have to forgive. And most importantly, we have to forgive ourselves. Um, So appreciate your recovery is about those practices, also about your story. So I'm really big into someone's story. And if you're someone in addiction recovery or mental health recovery, it's the story is very powerful. So I talk about how to share your story, sharing it with someone being of service and then resilience and recovery is about getting out of your comfort zone. You have to get out of your comfort zone. Everything about recovery is uncomfortable, period. I don't know what's comfortable about recovery. It is uncomfortable. You know, you're doing things to get outside of yourself. You're meeting new people, you're finding others, you're reading, you're doing practices. And so, you know, do things that are uh, out of your comfort zone that, you know, it might be just picking up the phone and calling someone and asking for help. You know, I know plenty of people who have long term recovery 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, who are struggling with severe depression right now. So reach out for help, ask for help. Um, Okay, resilience recovery too. just, I mean, I'm not gonna say every type of, of part of all of it, but I feel I feel inspired in the moment. The other part is, um, is trust your intuition because resilient, having a resilient heart and mind is very powerful. Having a resilient mind is what the world is running on. The world is running on mind, 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 mind. It's all about mind, getting ahead, getting into my head. We need to drop into the heart. So having a resilient heart and mind is we also trust our intuition we start to trust ourselves. We, st- we trust our gut instincts. We, we start to move forward based on that, not on what the world's telling us in the beginning, you know, maybe you're in jail or just getting out of jail and you've just got caught and you're, you're coming off of drugs and whatever you're, you're okay. I get it. Like you may not trust your intuition right away, but eventually you're going to have to, you know, recovery is about living a self-directed life. It's about trusting your intuition. And so having, um, you know, you'll start to trust on time. And I, I talk about a practice to 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 write that down too and starting to see where your um where your gut instincts are really benefiting you. You start to see that. You start to see the synchronicities. Um, and then finally self-care and recovery, kind of self-explanatory. Like self-care and recovery is about building a self-care routine, doing 10 minutes of movement a day uh minimum, you know, drinking more water, you know, eating plant-based for a couple weeks. I'm not saying you're gonna go vegan. Just just do it for your health for like two weeks journal every single day, track everything if you want, but just do it. Just just start breaking your habits of, you know, maybe do a 3-day three 3-day three juice fast, you know, do something that makes you uncomfortable but that's benefiting your health and mental well-being. And so intermittent fasting, you know, different types of things. So self-care recovery is about, you know, honoring your sensitivities. I find many people in recovery are, are highly sensitive souls. So like getting out in nature, taking walks in nature, being around water, you know, getting plants, you know, in your house and, and just honoring the sensitivities. Um, yeah, so I've said a lot, but, but that's the, the idea of the toolkit in my book, it's, it's called fears recovery toolkit and, um, it's 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 what's has served me and the people that i have helped that have looked for things outside of the halls and look for other ways i've shared with that with them i've learned from many people the same way and i just i just do them and so i figured i would share what i do man that's a
0: lot of good stuff in that toolkit that you mentioned and i'm sure there's more in the book so i would encourage anybody that's listening to pick up a copy man so much good stuff in there i mean from the journaling i think you know for me that's been a big part of my recovery is is putting pen to paper that wasn't something that i ever did before i was in recovery um just like you were talking about the mentorship man um that's that's an, another big part of of this whole journey at least for me personally you know finding a couple of guys that that are a little bit older than me and that are a little further down the road and I can look at it and say man I want to be like that I want to learn how to be patient like that I want to learn how to handle these situations the way they handle them and like you know get to get to know them and figure out what it is that you know what what they do how it works man so many great so many great suggestions there, man. That's, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to have to add this book to my cart on Amazon. It sounds like a fantastic read, man. And I really appreciate you going into a little bit more detail and telling us about this fear system, man. That's, that's, that's great, man. We're kind of getting towards the end we're at about the 20 minute mark. So, um, kind of to give the listeners a hope shot, man, maybe tell us what your life looks like today. What are some of the benefits that you've found in recovery? What, what, you know, share some of the good stuff, man. You know, I think a lot of times on the podcast, we, we, we start on the story and we kind of focus on the negative stuff, man, but I really want to hear some of those positive things that that you've experienced.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, I, I'll admit, and, and I've been, um, I left my job in 2017 to become an entrepreneur in recovery. And, um, You know, I I can be pretty intense, man. I'm really passionate about what I do, but I also want to share with the audience that like, I have fun. You know what I mean? Like, I am really intense about my recovery because I've lost family members. I've lost friends. I mean, they're not coming back, you know? So I'm really passionate about this, but I also want to let you know I have fun. I have calm. I have ease in my life. I have peace, you know? So I'm also someone who's, you know, spending time with friends and you know, going out and, 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 and traveling well before you know, what happened in 2020. But we, you know, I'm, I'm getting out there, I'm living my life. And that's really important to enjoy your life. I enjoy every single day, I enjoy what I do, I, I when I wake up in the, uh, in the morning, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for my day, you know, and so, you know, the, the, these practices that I do, um, you know, I do them because I had I had, you know, I didn't mention a lot of this, but I had panic disorder and severe anxiety. 10, I'm talking my whole life, and then definitely into um, not when I was like really young, but like when I started to fall into the addiction of fantasy, and then I, you know, flunked out of school, and then I was self medicating and numbing, and then 10 years into recovery, I still had severe anxiety. So I don't have any of that anymore. Like that's a huge triumph. Like to not have the severe anxiety, the panic disorder is like a liberty and a freedom that I never thought I'd be afforded, even with recovery. So You know, today I'm just so grateful to share a message of hope to people and to be around people in recovery and not in recovery. You know, I mean, I, I honestly believe, here it is, Brett, like, I truly believe that everyone's in recovery from something. I mean, especially after 2020, we're in recovery from life. You know, there's so many stressors happening. So I'm meeting so many beautiful people that don't identify as, addiction recovery, but they are in recovery from something, you know, they had trauma as a person, they just didn't pick up a drug or maybe gambling, but maybe they picked up their cell phone and they got addicted to that. Or maybe they got addicted to uh, codependency or something, you know what I mean? So I believe that at some level, we all have it. And, you know, so today, uh, I'm about enjoying my life and um, getting out there and um, just, just following my heart, you know, like, my heart's telling me to write another book and record an audiobook and do like, so I'm going to do that? Like, you know, and so find people you can surround yourself that people that are going to build you up. You know, there's this famous saying, right? You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So really think about that. Who's, who's surrounding you.
0: Man, that's great advice. And, and I can just tell from, from speaking with you for a few minutes, man, that you truly are enjoying your life. I can just, I I just see this, this aura around you, man. You just seem like, like you really are enjoying life and, and you're at peace and Man, I, I love I love what you're sharing. If the listeners are interested in finding out more about your book or getting in contact with you, what what's the best way for them to find you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say the best way is find me on Instagram. Like, I have a, I don't have a big following, but I'm like you, man. I'm just working on it daily now. I didn't pay attention to it the whole time as an entrepreneur. Now I'm like, maybe I should pay attention. So, go to uh, at Jesse Harless two 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 send me a message, happy to, uh, to connect. And that's, that's probably the best way right now.
0: Awesome, man. Well, um, in closing, would you like to give a message to somebody that may be new to recovery or, or struggling trying to decide if maybe recovery is right for them? Kind of like the, like a newcomer, somebody in that kind of situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I want I want people to understand that recovery is is holistic. Recovery is not one way. It's not just AA, it's not NACA, SSA, Al-Anon. It's, it's many, there's multiple pathways to recovery. So don't feel stuck. Do the research, go to Google, type in multiple pathways to recovery, you know, find different ways, but also reach out, reach out to Brett, reach out to me, reach out to people who you're attracted to and ask them, how did they do it? What were all the ways that you did it? And what can I do? Maybe what you can, maybe you can give me a suggestion. And, uh, you know, and also I'm going to just say this, you know, give yourself a break, be easy on yourself, but also remember that sometimes we need a fast. We need mini breaks. We need to break away from our patterns. And so, you know, don't be afraid to start to do, like, let's say, a fast for three days. Like, I, I'm just really encouraging this because we're coming into summer and, and this can be a triggering time for people. So, you know, ask for help, reach out for help hit people up on Instagram, you know, we're in a whole new age, Uh, like there's so many amazing people in recovery and on Instagram, reach out to them, go to Google, look up in your local community, um, places that are supporting recovery. But what I'm really trying to say is like, get out of your comfort zone, you know, do a one day fast, three day fast. I'm saying fast, I mean, from technology, I mean, from the food you're eating, I mean, from, you know, like, like just do something that gets you a little bit out of your comfort zone, starts to jumpstart your nervous system starts to jumpstart your life. So that'd be the advice I would have what's coming in today.
0: Man, I love that. I love that. As a matter of fact, I, I have the next two weeks where I've, uh, where I decided not to take any interviews. So I'm, I'm taking two weekends off and, and just, uh, you know, hanging out with family and, and doing some, doing some service work with my home group and, you know, just trying to disconnect from technology and kind of kind of take a little little break. So man, I love Perfect. I love the points that you're making. I think it's fantastic. Man, I can't wait to order this book and and dig into it. Man, it sounds absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much again for coming on the show today. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day to to share with the with with me and the audience about your book, about what you've been doing, about your recovery journey, man. It's it's fantastic, and I really do appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Brett. Much appreciated.
0: Jesse, thank you again for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation. If you'd like to find out more about his book or his coaching, be sure to check out his website. The link for that will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.